Well, good evening, LCM. Tonight is Wednesday, June 30th, and I just want to put it on tape for all the world to hear that today is Charlie Brown's 70th birthday. Yeah, it's a special, special day in the house of God. If that wasn't good enough, I mean, if that wasn't enough, and that's a whole lot. Church, we're actually having miracles in our midst. Yes, we are. I, I know that these things are, are at the top of your thinking. We're having uh, miracle, miraculous healings in, in our kids. We're having Ezra fighting through sickness and watching the Lord do special things inside of him. We're watching uh, little Rivka grow from uh, the 6th percentile to the 11th percentile. I know that may not mean a lot to you, but a supernatural growth that occurred in two days. In a two-day time period, and mom grew even more than that, and we are excited about what God is doing. We are excited about our pregnant moms in the house. We are praying for all of them as God continues to work inside of them. And for those of you who were here on Monday night for Foundations, you should still be rejoicing in the richness, in the depth of the word that the entirety of the uh, Middle East uh, teaching team brought to us on Monday night. If you aren't there, you need to get on our app. You need to get online and listen to that because I want you to listen for one specific thing. There was two hours of absolute incredible teaching. For me personally, the connection between Zechariah and Jeremiah was personally edifying to me in every way. If you weren't there, I'm not telling you enough because I want you to go check it out and find out what we're talking about. Amen. We are having an incredible time as a church. Tonight is going to be an incredible time with each other and with God's presence as he moves upon our heart, as he works into us that which is pleasing to him. Can somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. All right, turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32. Say there when you get there. Deuteronomy 32, we'll pick up in verse 9. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted inheritance. In a desert land he found him, in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them, and carries them aloft. This verse, uh, this verse nine in chapter thirty-two of Deuteronomy begins with, "The Lord's portion is His people; it's Jacob, His allotted inheritance." There's an establishment of relationship that this verse is starting off with, a relationship that the Lord has with His firstborn son. There's a closeness in this relationship, and this demonstrated first for Israel, and we get to participate with. Israel in that closeness of relationship. Mm -hmm. What does this close relationship entail? Well, it entails encountering difficulties in the desert. Verse 10, verse 10 mentions in a desert land, he found him in a barren and howling waste. And what does God do for his firstborn son? This close relationship in this condition, he shields him. He cares for him. He guards him like the apple of his eye. No one can touch him. Look, God's character is seen in what he does for his people in the most difficult of environments, circumstances, and situations. Uh, Bethany, can you put up verse 10 on the screen so we can see it with our own eyes? In the desert land, he found him. He shielded him. He cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. Man, isn't that good to know that that's what God does for those that he cares about, for his allotted inheritance, for who he has got his eye upon? This is the way that this works. Even in desert situations, God himself is ready to shield, to care for, to guard as the apple of his eye. I mean, how much do you guard the apple of your eye? You you guard it with all that you have. And that is what God is doing. Look at this next verse in verse 11 that should be on your screen. It says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest. Huh. And hovers over its young. That spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. I got to tell you something, church. As we were engaging with this scripture, I thought about you as I was reading this scripture. We have a mighty God that is like an eagle that stirs up the nest. Now, this entire passage is referencing back to Exodus chapter 19. 
You guys, you guys are familiar with that. As, as they are coming out and getting to the mountain, God is speaking to Moses and he's letting Moses know that his people are his treasured possession. They're, they're going to be a kingdom of priests as they follow his covenant. Somebody say covenant. Covenant. It doesn't say covenant. It says covenant. As they follow his covenant, he is going to make them a kingdom of priests, a holy nation before his eyes. And how is he going to do that? By the time that you get to Deuteronomy, you're seeing the way that God goes about making his people his treasured possession. There's some uh, stirring up that goes on. Somebody say stir up. Stir up. Anybody ever been stirred up about something? Get fired up about something? You got things that are going on that are stirring up. See, this is how our father, this is the analogy that this scripture is using, that he's like an eagle because he stirs up the nest. He stirs up your place and my place of comfort. Why? Because he is intending for growth to occur. He's intending for you to be able to do something today that you couldn't do yesterday. Man, isn't that the great part of after watching children develop? When they're little, they can do something on one day that they could not do the day before. There's something that happens and it's special. The older you get, the longer those t spans of time are before you can tell that something that's new is happening inside of someone. God is stirring up like an eagle would to get people moving. Hey church, God is stirring us up in this place. I don't mean that just that only that we're getting excited about what he's doing. I mean, he's stirring us up. There's something that's going on there. Think about what's going on in our lives and the people in this room. We got job promotions going on. Man, that's stirring some things up. You got growth of families, babies everywhere. 47 kids in the last 45 months or so here in this church. That's incredible. We're learning to deal with sicknesses and put a smile on our face as Amen. it's happening. We're learning to deal with difficulties that come and not be shaken in our own soul. See, we're learning to do these things even while ministry is flowing from our homes. We're even getting stirred up in other kind of ways. We like those kind of ways. Growth, promotion, excitement. Man, we like that. What about the ways that we're not as quick to talk about here in the place? What about mistakes and judgment that you've made? Well, that'll stir you up, won't it? How about a lack of clarity on what you should do next? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, I love my church. Because y'all are like, oh, that's true too. Yeah, see, there's a stirring up that happens when you can't do something. God is, God is stirring some things up. What about those small things that you're no longer able to get away with? Stirred up. It's going to get stirred up in this place tonight. It's going to be stirred up. You know, those things that seemingly were always okay, but they're just not okay now. Oh, that's God stirring you up. Praise God that he's stirring us up in here. Man, anybody uh, get to a place, I mean, just you've heard of theoretically that you just feel overwhelmed by what's going on? Even if you can't put your finger on why you feel overwhelmed? Like the details haven't changed enough significantly for you to even understand. <sighs> ah. I got this feeling that I'm being overwhelmed. Anybody ever been stirred up by, uh, you know, you're just pretty sure that there's impending doom. Like, that what has been okay, this is all just going to fall apart. They're going to find out that I'm not the guy that I'm supposed to be at work. All the things that I've worked for, the wheels are just going to come off and we're going to stop right here. That's stirred up. Hey, God is stirring us up. He is stirring something in us, feeling despaired, feeling overwhelmed with distraction, feeling out of control, feeling just out of control with what's going on. Yeah, that's God stirring something up inside of this group of people for this evening. He is working something in. It can almost feel like you're in a free fall. It, it can almost feel like, you know, he stirred up the nest. And what does that do to the little eagle? You fall out of the nest and you start flapping with all your might. Come on, anybody been flapping a little <laughs> That's such a weird way to say that. Been just going at it, but I'm still losing ground. I got to tell you, instead of looking for comfort, God is confronting our comfort. Amen. 
That's what it's like for a father to stir something up inside of us. Good father. He is a good father and he's stirring it up. Why? Because he's got a reason for it. He's got something that he's trying to do. I got to tell you, God is stirring things up even in our household, even in the Sutherland household. I mean, we're about to have Timo, Timothy Carter, become a son-in-law in the days ahead. I couldn't be any more excited about this man of God marrying my daughter. I, I am so excited, but I got to tell you, to have your two oldest kids married 364 days apart, it's stirring some things up. How, go figure. It's causing some things to come through. I'm, I'm seeing what discipleship is like. I can understand discipleship better, y'all. Aren't you glad that God doesn't stop with this? He's still Amen. working on us. I mean, I'm here as a pastor of the, the best church that I've ever seen. I'm going, ooh, I'm understanding better, things better about discipleship. Like from birth through and in, on into adulthood. I'm learning what it's like to get my hands off of certain things and just watch God be their God. I love it. It's stirring some things up. It's, it's been, you know, I've heard it said that sometimes these things are the phrase that has come out and just, you know, people, theoretically speaking, is that I feel like I don't have anything I can grab onto. I, I, feel, I feel like I don't have anything I can grab onto. I, I can't seem to get my feet under me. I, I, I don't know what's going on here. See, this is what it's like when our father stirs up when he begins to stir you up in this nest, it, it begins to feel like a free fall. But you know what? He promises. Somebody said promise. promise. God promises you that when you go through the waters, when you pass through the waters, that he's going to be there with you. The rivers, they're not going to sweep over you when you go through the fire. Somebody say when. when. It's not an if. He's going to stir it up, but he's trying to build something in you. See, but all the while, he is hovering He's hovering. That's what verse 11 in Deuteronomy 32 says. He hovers over you. Come on now. Like a helicopter mom. Y'all know that phrase from nowadays? Don't want to have anything happen. So he's stirring you up, but he's there hovering over you, spreading his wings to be able to catch you. Why? And what is the end result? The end result is not just the stirring. The end result isn't just the flapping. The end result is that he catches you and does what? Brings you up higher. This is what a good father does all the while. Man, our character of our God is incredible. If you want to grow, is anybody in this house that wants to grow in the Lord? Then he's going to have to stir you up. He's going to have to stir things up in you so that you're able to grow. You can't view it begrudgingly. You you can't be in the attitude that you're being um, beleaguered. You can't act like you're being besieged. What you have to be is you have to become more of what he is. He is transforming you, church. He is transforming you, and this is the process. These are necessary steps. If you are going to become a son that is like your father, then he has to stir you up. Which leads us to the title of tonight's message. The title of tonight's message is Free Fallen. Cause I'm free. No. <laughs> Everybody say free fallen. Now, as we saw in Deuteronomy 32, the good father stirs up the nest because he wants to see maturity and growth. Getting to a point where the very last phrase is that he may carry them aloft, that he may carry them up and ascending to a higher level. Well, go with me to Isaiah chapter 40 and say free fallen whenever you get there. Isaiah 40, and we're going to look at verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. This is speaking about the heart of our father, heart of a shepherd, that longing to gather the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. You know, this reminds me of whenever my kids were an infant and I'd put them right here. I'd carry them along. I want to take them in close. And that's what every heart of a parent has whenever they see their child. 
But you know what it's like whenever you have them on, on your shoulder and it's that late night and you want to gently lay them down in their crib or you want to put them in that swing or inside their, their baby carrier and you just tip right over and you, I mean, you have them securely in your hands. And as you begin to lay them down, they begin to have that sense of free falling. And what happens? They wake up, exactly. Their arms go right on out. Arms raise up. And they have this sensation that no, there's no security there. But you have them securely inside of your hands. They couldn't be any more secure than right there in the palm of your hands. Well, this is like us. This is like us in the hands of our Father. In the way that we view difficulties sometimes. There's a, a change. There's a transition into something. Something increasing and more. And it's all for our benefit. Are we viewing difficulties as our father harming us? Putting you at risk? Or is he actually carrying you to a position that's going to benefit? It's going to grow. It's going to nurture. It's going to shield and protect and guard you. Well, when it comes to change... This also reminds me of when you've taken that infant and you lay them down for a diaper change. It's late in the night and it's for their good and your good too that their diaper gets changed at that moment. And as soon as you begin to activate change, well, that's a very vulnerable moment for that infant. And they don't like it so much. There's a, a free fall effect in what they're feeling. Well, the truth is our father's character is unchanging. Our father's character is never ending and his care of our lives as a good shepherd and loving father is always present. Amen. He is constantly looking to keep us close to his heart, to develop us, particularly in the midst of difficulty or needed change in our lives. Always looking to change our condition for our good and for our benefit. Come on, God is changing our circumstance. What a good thought about those babies. When you lay them down and their hands go right out, boy, isn't that a good, that's exactly what it should be for us. Every time we got the beginning of that free fall of feeling, what should your hands do? Go right up. Your hands should go right up in the air because God is working something into you. As pastor was talking, it reminded me of Isaiah 49.10. Let's go there. Let's turn to Isaiah 49.10 together. I love what pastor said that the truth of God's character is unchanging. He has a character that is righteous and holy and powerful and it is unchanging. And how he responds to us, what he wants for us is an unchanging. It is something that we can count on. Look at what Isaiah 49 10 says. It says they will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat down on them. He who has compassion on them will guide them. He will lead them beside springs of water. Let's be honest, church. You and I have never gone without. As, in, as part of this kingdom, you and I have never gone without. Amen. But sometimes we still have a free-falling kind of idea every time something gets stirred up, don't you? He's never failed you. He's never left you. He's never not caught you. There's not been one time that he has ever stirred you up that he's like, oh, you know what? I forgot to catch them. It may feel that way to you, but if you think about it, his character, what we're trying to encourage you in is thinking about his character as he is stirring things up because he's never failed you, even though you may feel out of control in a particular moment. Anybody like feeling out of control? Yeah, Rob, see, you got to wait for the whole question, man. It's all right. Oh, sorry. None of us like to feel out of control, but this is a process that God is trying to teach you that you're not the one that's in control anyway. That illusion that you're in control on any given day at any given moment is what, one of the things that he is trying to stir up within us yeah. to say, I'm the one that controls. I am the one that directs. I am the one that cares for and guards you like the apple of my eye. See, God is perfect in his leading. He's guiding, and it's always done with compassion. Isn't that good news? Somebody say, that's good news. That's good news. He's always leading you from a place of compassion. He who has compassion on them will guide them. If he's guiding you, it's demonstrating that he has compassion on you. I mean, God hasn't forgotten that you're made out of dust. Not even but dust. 
Just look it up in the King James. See, he remembers what you're made of. He knows because he helped form you and he's got compassion on you and he's stirring you up for your growth. He is stirring you up so he can then carry you to a new place, to a higher place in him. See, he's stirring us up for growth today. This shows that we need to learn to trust in God's character more and more and more and more. Amen. If you realize that your doubt, if you realize that your fears were actually a picture of you indicting God and his character, he's never failed you. He's never even come close to failing you. It's the free fall feeling that makes us want to doubt him and his character. Hey, church, he's stirring us up. He's going to help us to overcome this because Amen. he is having compassion on us and he is going to guide. He is going to lead us to places where we can grow and see significant kind of growth in him. Amen. And he's doing it now in us. Amen. Amen. Turn to Psalm chapter 28. We're going to look at verse six. Say free falling whenever you get there. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with song I praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Now, in this description of a, a relationship with the Lord, like a father and a son, you, you hear that phrase in verse seven, my heart trust in him. Yeah. Well, we were talking about infants earlier. What about when they get a little bit older in a toddler stage and they long to be in the arms of their father, but it's no longer just asleep on the shoulders. Instead, there's a little more excitement involved. A demonstration of that trust that's at play. In fact, we would like to demonstrate that here right now. Uh, Judah, you'd grab one of your sons. Take, take, <laughs> take one. Just pick one. Oh, Beniah. We stand man? right here and, and, and face the church. Here, Beniah is securely in the arms of his father. And his heart does trust in him. But also, there is a joyous interaction that they have. Something that can be really special between a father and son that exemplifies how the son's heart trusts in the father. And how the son's heart leaps for joy and praises in certain environments. But it involves a free-falling kind of feeling. So Judah, would you demonstrate for our church this trust in a free-falling kind of manner? Oh, one more time. Yep. Come on, one more time. Oh, yeah. Look at the smile on that man's face. Yeah. Little lion cub of God. Thank you, guys. Did you see the smile on Benaiah's face? Did you see how his heart trusted in his father? And there's a joy, an anticipation of looking forward to this free fall feeling because he knows he rests securely in the hands of his father. He knows his father will catch him every single time. But I couldn't help but notice something. That as that was happening, we had some uh, uh, sympathetic catchers. I could see you guys reaching out from your seat. I mean, almost to the back row, someone's reaching out their hands like, oh, God, catch up. See, you're, you're nervous when you see the height to which someone else is being carried to. But they're having a heart that is leaping for joy in the process. As maturity increases, a child's trust in the father increases. That one child, that infant that was throwing up their hands when you're laying them down in their crib is now throwing up their hands in excitement, joy, and trust as the Father is elevating them to the heavenly realms. Do it again, Daddy. Do it again. Over and over until his arms are completely worn out. And the, the child is literally leaping for joy, anticipating that free fall because of the security that they have in their Father's hands. 
This is what it looks like for me as a father. And he has been my strength and shield, giving me what I need to raise up a daughter that has been entrusted to a husband. My heart is trusting in him. Well, I got to ask something, though. Who's the him? Is it the Lord or is it Gabe? Yes, both. As I'm watching their lives elevate and the Lord lift them higher and higher, I'm resting in the hands of my father, trusting that the same Lord that has been Lord over me is the same Lord over that couple. And that God's mighty hand will rescue them every single time, just as it's rescued me. Ultimately, my heart is trusting that our Heavenly Father is the strength to carry my matured adult daughters to the place that he has promised them to be. He is their Lord just as much as he is mine, and he will be the one to carry them forever. I can only carry them for 18 years. He is able to carry them for eternity. That's the kind of father that they have. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Come on now. That's such a beautiful understanding that we have here. He can carry them for eternity because that's what he's proven in your life. He's never dropped you. He's never let you down. And he does the same for each of us. Let's all turn to Acts chapter 3 as we go into the Newer Testament. Acts chapter 3, we want to take a look at verse 1. Some might say free falling when you get there. I got to admit, it was kind of funny to watch you guys have the sympathetic catcher thing going on. I don't, know if, I don't know if this ever happened in your family, but my mom used to have this move in the car. She would stop quickly. This move. It's not going to actually do anything. Might hurt her arm. But it makes her feel better as a sympathetic catcher in that, yeah. in that moment. Right. That's kind of the way. Some of y'all were like 10 rows back. Like, I promise, even if you stretched out, you couldn't, you couldn't have helped Judah. No matter how much that made you feel better, that wasn't actually going to help Judah catch Benaiah at all. And he doesn't need it. See, there's a lot of responses that we have that are about us and how we're feeling about the moment. Instead of an actual trust in the character of a father to take care of his son. Come on now. Acts chapter 3 verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon. Now a man was lame from birth. Uh, I'm sorry. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Everybody say Beautiful. Beautiful. Where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Man, I couldn't help as I was reading this, as I was thinking about God stirring things up inside of us, like LCM, this house right here, what God is doing, trying to elevate and mature us in every way. I can't help but think about people who are in their jobs. You, in your everyday life, in your everyday job, you know, going to the same place every day. Not only do, uh, do you feel lame, but you feel like the whole process is kind of lame. What's going on here? The, everybody else is telling you that you're by a place called beautiful. But what it looks like to you is like, yeah, this is not beautiful because this is just where I go to do what I do. We've lost the special nature of what God has. And what does that look like in our lives? Let's just get real here with each other for a minute. Grumbling about your status. Offended at others because they are uh, now just moving past you. Offended at God because of where you feel like you're stuck. You have nowhere else to go, but you've been placed here, and I guess I just got to stay here. Discouraged because no one that's passing by seems to notice you or care. In despair because you don't think things are going to change. They're not going to change today. They're not going to change tomorrow. And they can't change any day because I can't see it from my position here. But that ignores the fact of what's actually going on in this man's life. Somebody say, that ignores it. That ignores it. See, God is working here and you're, you know the rest of the story, but walk with me through this. What is going on in this man is he's actually being carried daily. He's actually being carried daily by friends or acquaintances. 
This man could have felt like his life was just in a free fall, like it didn't really matter. What happens when you're in a far enough free fall? There's a thing called terminal velocity, where it no longer feels like you're accelerating. Now you're just kind of there. You're still moving. You still feel the idea of falling, but it's no longer, you kind of got used to it. Why? Because it feels mundane because you're going day after day after day. You feel like you've reached the speed that you're going to reach and you're just waiting for the inevitable end. But what he didn't know was that it wasn't his friends that were carrying him. It was a good father, full of compassion, who was meeting his needs every single day. Have you ever thought about that for this lame man? Every day his needs were being met. How do I know that? Because he was still alive. He was a beggar who had no other job than to rely on other people's kindness. So he was there by the temple, by the gate beautiful, and he was making it. He was making it every single day. Do you know why? Because God was carrying him. If you're still here, then that means God's still carrying you. I don't like where I am. Well, you better realize that he's carrying you somewhere. You better realize that he's active and actively involved in giving you exactly what you need. Listen to me every single day. But just because it happens every day, you forget how miraculous it is for God to be carrying you for God to with compassion, be leading you, be guiding you in everything that you're doing. God had an intention to take this man to new heights. Every day that he was carried there to the gate called beautiful, even if he felt like he was free falling, was carrying him to the one day where everything could change. Amen. Man, so many people give up right before. Right before what, pastor? Right before the healing they need. Right before the maturity that they need. Right before the change that they need. Right before the transformation that they need. Right before the miracle that they need. How many things have we missed just by not enduring and staying there? We are one day away. You don't know the day that God wants to do something different in you. I got to tell you, I feel like he's stirring some things up in this church. I feel like he's doing things and it's not to harm you. It's because he's compassionate and he's going to help you to mature. He is going to grow you up. He is going to transform you, but you just have to stay going. I'm going to keep coming back. This may look like mundaneness to everyone else, but I have an understanding of my God's character. I will not impugn his character because I feel like I'm lame. I'm going to trust in my God who can change, carried to the same place every day to do the same thing. But this day was different. This day was a day that healing was right around the corner. Let's continue reading in verse three. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. On this day, this one day, when everything was going to change, this beggar was expecting for just a little change. A little bit of change to be put in his hand, enough to get him through that one day only. But this was going to be a day that changed his life and his walk, literally, forever. What was once a lame way of life is now a strengthened walk, carried by the Heavenly Father himself. One that was filled with purpose and filled with power. One that's filled with hope and filled with victory. No turning of the ankles anymore, nor the turning of his trust in the Father. Now, now he's running. Now he's leaping. Now he's rejoicing. None of which he could do before that very moment. Did you see in the verse that instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong? 
What kind of father do we have? We have the one who is securely going to catch us, strengthen us, empower us, heal us, and set us on the good footing that we need to be a son. The apostles in this process, what did they do? They grabbed him by the right hand and they pulled the man close. Like a shepherd pulling their sheep close to their heart. There is hope in this message. Hope that in an instant your father can transform your walk and fill it with a victorious hope that crushes despair. Fill it with a joyful hope that God has been carrying you this whole time and your day will come when promises are fulfilled. Your day will come when you will stand on your feet and God will fulfill everything that he has said. We just keep looking to our father, the one who is securely going to catch us every single time. And how do we know that he's going to be able to do this? Because every time he stirred us up before, he's caught us. He's elevated us. He's matured us. And he has never failed us. You cannot let the thing that you are still waiting on cause you to doubt him. He is stirring you up. And you keep coming back and watch him raise you up to new heights. Let's let's look at Revelation 21. Let's turn to Revelation 21. See, because not only can God carry you to new heights in your daily life. Everybody say daily life. life. I mean, those kind of things that you go back to again and again. But God can also do it in the days and for the days that are still yet to come in our lives. Revelation 21 and verse 9. Revelation 21, 9 says this. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away. (laughs) Anybody ever been carried away? Mm -hmm. Anybody ever been carried away? Oh, yes. Anybody ever been carried away in the spirit? (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. See, in this case, he's carried away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Church, I want to tell you that the faithful character of our God is enough to not only carry you in the day that you're in, but he is also so overwhelmingly good to us. He is also so caring for us and leading us that he is able to show you that which will yet take place in your life. He's able to show you and give you vision. Everybody say vision. Vision. Boy, isn't that? Now, some of y'all felt just a little free fall there. Wait, wait, vision for the future? What, what is my future supposed to look like? Am I, am I actually able to get this? Whoa. Yeah, amen. If you just felt that, you can throw your hands up right now and we'll know. <laughs> but what is happening here is that God wants to show his children, his sons, because he is a good father, he wants to show you what is to come. Isn't that a different kind of stirring up as you start to engage with that? It's one thing we're like, pastor, I'm just doing good for him to tell me what I need for today. I mean, just get me through what today is. No, there's not only that he wants to do, but he's also stirring us up so that he can entrust us with showing us what is yet to come. The direction that you must take. Think about Genesis 12:1, when God is speaking to Abraham and he's saying, I'm a, I'm, I want you to go to the land that I will show you. I need you to start moving and I'm going to show you this land. Think about Amos 3, 7, that God does nothing without revealing it to his servants, the prophets. He wants to reveal his plan. Well, pastor, I don't feel like I'm a prophet. Well, how about Proverbs 25, 2 then for you, where he's saying it is God's glory to conceal a matter and it's the glory of kings to search it out. See, when we're searching after him, when we're trusting him where we are, he is able to show you what is yet to come. Has anybody got anything that you're praying that God will show you what is yet to come? Yes. Ministry partners, direction for your kids, direction for your life. See, development looks like us growing to the point of us trusting in and receiving what we need for today for sure. But it's another level as we begin to believe, trust, hope in his great character that he's going to lead you and let you know and tell you what you're going to need for the days ahead. God is able to breathe vision into you. This is not something you can carry and make yourself be able to do. Anybody figure that part out? No matter how much you want it, you can't make the vision of God come. But what you can do is entrust the process. 
No matter how far you're back, you're sitting in the room. You can't help Judah catch Benaiah. But what you can do is trust that God is catching you. He's carrying you and he's lifting you where you must be. He's been carrying you the whole time. He can carry you to be able to see his purpose, his plan and his calling in your life and in your family. In the spirit, he wants to carry you in the spirit so that you can have all the vision that you need. Amen. Everybody take a deep breath. Let it out. You can trust that he will give you the vision that you need. Amen. There's so many times where we can, we can believe him for today, but when we start trying to believe him for what is the tomorrows that are to come, boy, that feels like we're free falling, doesn't it? But God is here to catch us and bring us in the spirit so that we can see what he sees. Look, not only does our good father give us what we need on a daily basis and vision for what the future holds, he also enables us to look to the past and see how he's done it for men of God time and time again. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 19. Say free fallen whenever you're there. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. But prophets through uh, humans, through man, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now these prophets... Of course, they felt abandoned at times, persecuted for their obedience, feeling like they were free fallen while awaiting the fulfillment of God's word spoken through them. This has always been the case for men of God that were walking in obedience to the Lord. The men of the past had a free fallen feeling, but they did not put their trust in what they felt alone. Instead, they put their trust in the fact that they were securely carried along by the Spirit to speak and write down the very oracles of God. They were men who had to remember that moment when they spoke from God, how the Spirit of God was carrying them along in that process, recalling the character of God as he is the one who shielded, cared, guarded, stirred up, hovered over, and carried them from their birth all the way into their final days. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 46. Let's take a look at verse 3. Isaiah 46 and verse 3. Come on, say free falling when you get there. It says this. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried you since you were born. See, God really has been the one that's doing this since the beginning. It may feel like it's free falling, but the truth is, is he's always been stirring and carrying us along the entire time. You've been upheld. You've been carried since the birth into the kingdom. And it will be that way the whole time. Look at verse four. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. The whole time from birth to the gray hair and old age. Come on now, that's an entire process. Our maker, our creator. He's also the sustainer. He's also the one who carries you. He's also the one who rescues you and he never fails to do that. Uh, Elder Charlie, can I ask you to come forward? I just want to have Elder Charlie stand by me today. The way that you carry a baby is one way. It's one way to carry a baby in your arms. What happens is that as you mature in what the Lord is doing, sometimes his carrying looks different. If God was going to carry us, even not to old age, but to a good 
wisdom of gray hairs and 70 years. What it looks like is God is still caring, but what would have to go on in the person that he's caring? There has to be steps. There has to be, he is strengthening you enough that you can continue to walk. Actually, I, I like the saying right here. <laughs> that you're able to continue to walk in what he has for you. This is our God who sustains you, who makes you, who carries you. But it doesn't always look the same way that you did when you were an infant. Why? Because you're supposed to be growing. Because he's done this before. And you are able to see what he will do here in this case. He would able to see him sustain you and rescue you throughout the entire time. And church, he never drops you. He never lets you go. He is able to always bring about what he desires. Because he is a good father. Somebody say good father. Good father. Your heavenly father. I want to read this to you. Um, it's from Charles Spurgeon. And it was read to us today and it was deeply moving. And I just want to share this with you in context of our good father who's carrying us. God's people are doubly his children. They are his offspring by creation and they are his sons by adoption in Christ. Hence, they are privileged to call him our father who art in heaven. Father. Everybody say, Father. Father. Oh, what precious word is that? Here is authority. If I be a father, where is mine honor? If ye be sons, where is your obedience? Here is affection mingled with authority. An authority which does not provoke rebellion. An obedience demanded which is most cheerfully rendered. Which would not be withheld even if it might. The obedience which God's children... Yield to him must be loving obedience. Do not go about the service of God as slaves to their taskmaster's toil, but run in the way of his commands because it is your father's way. Yield your bodies as instruments of righteousness because righteousness is your father's will and his will should be the will of his children. Father. Somebody say father. Father. Continues. Here is a kingly attribute so sweetly veiled in love that the king's crown is forgotten in the king's face and his scepter becomes not a rod of iron, but a silver scepter of mercy. The scepter indeed seems to be forgotten in the tender hand of him who wields it. Father, here is honor and love. How great is a father's love to his children. That which friendship cannot do. And mere benevolence will not attempt. A father's heart and hand must do for his sons. They are his offspring. He must bless them. They are his children. He must show himself strong in their defense. If an earthly father watches over his children with unceasing love and care, how much more does our heavenly father? Abba, father. Who can, he, can, he who can say this hath uttered better music than cherubim, or seraphim can reach. There is heaven in the depth of that word, Father. There is all I can ask. All my necessities can demand. All my wishes can desire. I have all in all to all eternity when I can say, Father. For our final scripture of the evening, we'd like for you to turn to Philippians chapter 1. In verse 6. The final verse of this evening is this. Being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you. Will carry it on to completion. Until the day of Christ Jesus. Church we're in a season where God is stirring up. He's intentionally coming after and stirring things up in us. But it's because he's a good father. It's because he has things for us. That if we stay comfortable. He, we are not going to be able to get to. We are not going to be able to achieve. We are not going to be able to understand. And know his character. In an ever increasing kind of way. Unless he stirs us. And then is able to carry us. And elevate us. And cause maturity and transformation to come. Church, there's a confidence that we need to have tonight. Amen. We need to have a confident 
understanding of his nature. <laughs> if you're free-falling, you're going to have to count on him. But the truth is, is that's the best place that we could possibly be. Goodness gracious, the illusion of control in our own lives. See, I am so confident that he who began the good work, that if he's stirring us up in this place, he is also going to carry it on to completion, even all the way to the day of Christ. Whether it's what you need in this day, or vision for the future, or no matter what it is, he is able to bring this about. Church, do you need a heart adjustment tonight? Do you need to look at this and say, man, I've been feeling the stirring and I've been blaming it on a lot of things. I've been putting it as a lot of different issues, but I realize now that it's the Lord stirring. He's moving me away from my ability, from my comfort, so that he might develop something in me that I cannot do on my own, but must be done through his very presence. And is God's discipline and his development in you? Are you looking at his discipline and developing you as some type of torture as if he weren't a good father? That is just for the sake of the pain and the torture that it's going on. I guess I just have to kind of just be here and I'm begrudgingly doing what's there, but here I am. That's not our father. That's not the character of the one who is carrying us and has been carrying us and will carry us the whole time. It is not just for the sake of pain that he is introducing these things. He is stirring you so that he can carry you. He's stirring you so that he can elevate you and that you can grow. Do you feel like you're free falling tonight? Then it's time to lift up your hands to our father who is shielding us caring for us, guarding us, hovering over us, carrying us. And you can ask him to strengthen your heart this very evening. Stand to your feet with us. As I pray and we worship, let that reflex come out. Come down to the altar. Let your hands be raised. Let your hearts be made secure that in this feeling of free fall, he is not going to drop you. In this feeling of free fall, your father is going to make you even more secure. As I pray, let's let our hands raise up and our hearts get strengthened. Mighty God, we thank you for being a good father. A father who secures us, who catches us, who carries us, strengthens and guards us. Let me say strengthen our hearts tonight. And our trust towards you. Lord, pushing out all despair. Pushing out all fear. And looking with joy on you. As we have that feeling. Knowing that you are sending us to heights that are even greater. And helping us grow and mature as your sons. We thank you and we love you, Father. For giving us your security. In Jesus' name, amen.